What's up, everybody? Nate Lurie back with more of We're the Inspiration. With some dark humor and brutal honesty, we're exploring the absurdity and the normalcy of living with disabilities. Stories are told on this show, everyone's is different. One by one, we're telling as many as we can while bringing you the most entertaining podcast about disabilities you'll ever hear. We're doing something different this week. I know I say that a lot, but before we get into that, let me introduce once again the person that was on the first show with me, first two shows actually, my friend Greg Pote. What's going on, man? What's going on, Nate? First of all, you just had a birthday, so happy birthday. Thank you. 35 years old. 35, going strong. Yeah. Well, at least going. At least going somewhere, right? So... I got to ask you before we get started on this, like I said, you were on the first two shows. I just counted before we started this. I've now done 30. Wow. How do you think it's progressed, man? You know, I think it gets progressively better each episode. I really do. I think we've hit on some really, really awesome topics. Oh, yeah. Some of that comes from other people. Some of that comes from things I definitely want to talk about and... Some of it's a combination, like I will go to certain people and know what to talk about with them. Like, for example, the first episode I did with you was about health, because I know that you went through a stage in your life where you pretty much had a raw deal (laughs) as far as your health. That's one way of putting it. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you got to go back and listen to the very first episode. Yes. Today we're not talking about that. We're not even really talking about Greg, but we are doing something that Greg and I have been talking about for a very long time now. Everywhere online you can find lists of things not to say to pretty much every minority there is. There are different lists. And the one that we're going to be concentrating on today, since this is the reality for both of us, is... Things you shouldn't say to a person in a wheelchair. Now, my original idea for this was to rank them. And we didn't even talk about what to rank them for. Like, you know, I imagine it would have been some kind of absurdity. But the truth is, there are a finite amount of things on this list floating around the internet because it came from... Several different sources, but a lot of them had the same things on them. But there are enough that I don't think we can rank them properly. So instead, I think what we should do is we should get them all out there one by one. This is a little little off topic, but not much. But you were talking about how we were going to rank things. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, we could rank them based on how much we're offended by them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that. But I think... And I think this is easier. I think whoever listens to this is going to find out how offended we are by them just by what we're actually going to do, which is we are going to respond to these in a way that we think every person in a wheelchair wants to. But is too afraid to exactly. be honest. Exactly. So you ready to get started? Let's do this. This is going to be fun. So, this is the only episode that I announced ahead of time what the topic was going to be. Because I wanted feedback from other people in wheelchairs. And 
there were a couple of things that a lot of people said over and over again. One of them was, oh, you're so inspirational, which we're, we're not going to really touch on because the people that said that as a suggestion probably have never listened to this podcast because in one way or another, there is our answers to that in every episode. Oh, yeah. So we're going to skip that one. Yeah, we're not going to repeat. Another one that a lot of people asked me to cover was about prayer. First of all, I have nothing against prayer. You know, I have nothing against praying, nothing really against religion. If that's what gets you through your day, more power to you. But what we're talking about is like people saying, I'll pray for you either because you're in a wheelchair or I'll pray for you to get better so you don't have to use it. Correct. The only way I can explain how ridiculous this is, is that people would be better off praying for me to win the lottery than for me to somehow get up and walk out of my chair one day. Because if it hasn't happened in 41 years, it's not going to happen next week. It didn't happen with the first person that prayed for you. It's not going to happen with anyone else. There are people that are temporarily disabled and they have to use a wheelchair for a number of weeks or months or whatever. And I guess they might think prayer works, but it's not going to work for people that are permanently disabled are permanently disabled or were born with their disability like the two of us were. I guess your prayers are appreciated, but they're not really necessary for the disability itself. And a lot of the time, it just makes things awkward. <laughs> well, I would agree with that, but go on. You know, I've been approached multiple times for healing and praying and such. Mostly when I was back in college. And it would be in the middle of the hallway or, you know, some just random place. And, you know, a person comes up to me and it's like, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? At least they ask politely. They have always been polite, but it's just like, all right, here we go again. Let's see what they have to say this time. I have a feeling that this is probably a lot less polite, like in the southern states. I would believe that. Yeah. I don't remember what she said, but one of the people that commented that we should talk about prayer She's a friend of mine, too, but she knows Robert as well because she lives in Kentucky. So my first gotcha. thought when she commented was, well, you know, look where you are. <laughs> yeah. Religion is a lot more prevalent down in the South. Mm-hmm. And always will be. You know, oh, yeah. You know, in a way, I used to joke religion down in the South was kind of like Starbucks. You know, there's one on every corner. <laughs> Coming from Virginia, I can say that because I've lived in the South. Yeah, where you lived in Virginia was the true South. Yeah. We really did have a good amount of churches. Yeah. I don't know how many neighbors you had, like, within a couple miles of you either. Well, in our neighborhood itself, we only had 10 houses, I think. Uh There was a bigger neighborhood across the street. Uh Uh-huh. But you drive 10 minutes away and you're in cow country, 40 acre 
land with cows and horses and your next door neighbors another 40 acres away at least i don't know if we can tie that to religion so maybe we should move on i <laughs> now that was just brought up because of the south <laughs> and again there's nothing wrong with the south there's nothing wrong with religion itself but if you really think prayer can get someone out of a wheelchair when they've been in it their entire life pray for something else yeah. Let's start with a big one. This is probably something that everyone in a wheelchair has heard at one point or another. But there are two variations of it that I think I should bring up both. What happened to you or what's wrong with you? I've heard both. I've heard both, too. Thankfully, it's usually what happened to you, which I find a little bit less offending. Yeah, that's a little less offensive, but when you start a conversation like that and it's the first conversation that you and I have had, you can go yeah. away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't come to me with that as the very first thing you say to me. Because that's the end of the conversation right there. Right. And people need to know that because more often than not, when it happens, it is the first thing people say to me. Same here. At least for me, it makes it even more uncomfortable than meeting a new person already is. You know, I have anxiety when it comes to meeting new people. Adding that as the very first thing you're going to say to me, I'm going to cut you off right there. I wouldn't say that I have that anxiety. I understand a lot of people do. But what it does for me is says that you're more interested in the wheelchair than the person. Yeah. That's an immediate buzzkill. Well, because the way you and I look at things is without the wheelchair. You know, yeah, we're in a wheelchair, but that's not who we are as people. It has to be part of us. The wheelchair has to be part of us. And this goes back to something we probably talked about before. But, you know, it being part of us doesn't mean it has to define us. And to okay. anyone that will ask something like, again right off the bat, what's wrong with you? And refer to the wheelchair. Immediately you know that to that person, the wheelchair defines us. Depending on the kind of mood I'm in, I may joke around a little bit and go, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah, I think I've said something similar to that. What's wrong with you or what happened to you? Well, you want to list... We can stay here for a while, and I'll tell you everything that ever happened to me. I mean, hey, they want to know something like that. They better be ready to sit down and listen, because everything goes hand in hand. You know, they're, it's all tied together. This is one that people get, I think, after you might answer something like that. Like, what's wrong with you, or what happened to you? If you go to explain it, what are they going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah. Why? What, what, did, what, you, what did you have to do with it? <laughs> right? You weren't there. No, but that is a response that gets said almost to everything that could be construed as, you know, offensive to us. Of course. I'm sorry is not something a person would say 
at the beginning of a conversation. Like, oh, you're in a wheelchair. I'm sorry. Like, nobody's even that stupid, right? But again, if you go to explain the disability and your answer is, I'm sorry, clearly you didn't really care about the answer to your question. You weren't really paying attention. No. Because if you had, there's nothing to be sorry about. No. Usually my response to I'm sorry is, it is what it is. I'm still here and I'm still living life. Sometimes people try to get cute. I think we talked about this. I used to get this a lot when I was in school. So did you. How fast does that thing go? I've actually gotten things that relate to that exact one. Like, whoa there, watch the speed limit. Or you might get a speeding ticket. Right. Or hey, Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, we did talk about that before. And I hadn't thought about it for a while until you brought it up last time we talked about it. Just because that's one I really haven't gotten since I was in school. Right. It's obviously been a while. So, Oh, even as an adult, I still get people calling me Speedy. Oh, really? Yeah. Complete strangers? Complete strangers. Well, that's comforting. My new favorite as an adult is if I'm with someone else who's in a wheelchair, they'll ask if we're racing. I think I got that every once in a while when there were a bunch of us at the Spina Bifida conference. Wherever we were in public or whatnot, or even sometimes in the hotel when people didn't realize, you know, this is a disability conference, a bunch of people in wheelchairs together. Are you racing? No. No, I'm literally just going down the hall. <laughs> yeah. I might be going fast because I want to stop as soon as possible, but that's about it. People like to assume that two people in wheelchairs next to each other that are going what they would consider fast, we must be racing, right? What do people like to consider about two people in wheelchairs otherwise? My mom's second cousin is in a wheelchair. Do you know him? Oh, I have a story about that. (laughs) Go right ahead. So my dad and I were in Long Beach Island and we were on the boardwalk and I guess my dad was talking to a buddy who used to own a hot dog stand there. And so I was just kind of hanging around and this lady, you know, is sitting on one of the, like the hard cement benches that they have. And she goes, excuse me, but do you know so-and-so? I was like, no. She goes, are you sure? yeah like no i don't know your relative who's in a wheelchair that's it yeah sorry here's the thing assuming that everyone in a wheelchair knows each other i won't call it stupid but it's illogical to the point where you might as well assume that like all black people know each other all women know each other yeah Every minority who's of different types would know everybody who's in that minority group. Right. And that's mind-bogglingly stupid. That's a lot of people to know. That is a lot of people to know. Now, granted, there's sort of an unspoken understanding when I do see someone in a wheelchair that I don't know. But that doesn't mean, like, I can look at them and say, oh, their name's Steve, if I've never met them before. Right. 
Seeing other people in wheelchairs does not give me psychic ability. How are we doing so far? <laughs> I think we're doing pretty good. Now we get into the Ken Jennings comment. Oh, yes. You're too good looking to be in a wheelchair. That's not what he said. He tweeted something different, but this was actually on the list. What that means is that I understand why Ken Jennings' tweet offended so many people. And again, I got to be careful about the way I say this, but like, this is something that technically the wrong person could say about any minority group. I'll say it about myself. You're pretty good looking for a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody would say that based on race unless they were completely out of their mind. So why say it based on disability? I feel like it's because people have like this preconceived notion that of, you know, what people with disabilities are supposed to look like. But unfortunately for them, we look like just a normal person. Should we get into what they might think we look like? We can if you want. Well, it doesn't really have anything to do with looks, I think. It just has to do with the fact that there are some people out there that believe that a person in a wheelchair just can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. So is it so much about looks? Not necessarily. I think it's more about like looking like an invalid in some way. It's whether or not we meet what they expect us to be. I hate to go back to this, but that's the whole thing about the inspiration stuff that bothers me. Like, yeah, I just met you 15 seconds ago and you're so inspiring because you're shopping by yourself in Walmart or whatever. Yeah. You know what that means? And we said we wouldn't cover this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I, th what, I think we have to, because I feel like a lot of things that people say that offend us is going to relate back to inspiration porn. What saying something like that means is that we as a group in some way or as individuals exceeded your expectations when you should have had none in the first place. Just as an example, it's like when people learn that we can drive. Oh, we'll get know? into that too. Yeah. To be fair, I, I didn't know I could that. drive when I was 16. Like, I was having surgery when I was 16, not driving, but I didn't realize till years later there were things like hand controls. And when I got access to them, I actually had to teach myself how to use them. My parents yeah. weren't going to do that for me because they didn't know how. I just knew I needed them. And that actually brings up another good topic based off of the different age that we grew up in. Technology was different when you were 16 than when I was 16. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't teach me. I didn't really teach myself either. You know, I went to a place that taught me how to use hand control. And then from there, I just learned how to drive with them from then on. To be fair, it's different in every state. Like I live in the state of Maryland where it's considerably harder for someone in a wheelchair to get a driver's license just by the virtue of they're not being driver's ed in schools. Huh. Yeah, see, I had driver's ed in school. I know. And the county actually adapted a, a car just for me. Uh -huh. 
so that I could do driver's ed and, you know, do the driving part of the class so that I could get my license. So this goes into a larger issue, which is it's not just driving, but there are people that are amazed by the fact that people in wheelchairs can do the most basic things on their own. And that's not really something that people... Well, it is something that people say because you can tell by someone's reaction to you just being out, whether they call you inspirational or whatever else, just how amazed they are that you're doing something that they're doing themselves and probably not even thinking twice about. And it's funny, but a lot of the inspiration porn stuff that I get is when I'm in the hospital. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nurses all the time are amazed at what I can do by myself. You know, the most basic thing, getting dressed. I'm not doing much of anything when I'm in the hospital. <laughs> no, but like, you know, when you're discharged, you, you, you know, you have to get out of the, the hospital gown, get dressed, get ready to go. At least for me, you know, they're always like, do you need help pulling up your pants or anything? And I'm like, no, I've got this. When you first get in the hospital, like when you're in the ER or something, you know, they always ask you, you know, basic questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions is, seems to always be, do you have like home health aid? Mm -hmm. And whenever I tell them no, they look super surprised that mm -hmm. I actually live by myself with my fiance. Yeah. And don't have anyone helping us. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten the same reaction to not being on SSI before. Even in radio, I make too much to be qualified for SSI. It's um, not a bad thing. No, it's not. But your anecdote about being in the hospital made me think of a really good story about when I was in the hospital. I don't remember what day this was. This was back when I was in high school. Had the really long hair and everything. And... At this point, I was in the hospital long enough that I hadn't washed my hair in several days and, like, hadn't shaved in a couple weeks, which is commonplace for me now. But at the time, not so much. This was a day where I was being released from the hospital after I don't know how long, maybe a couple weeks. My mom was going to take me back home. Didn't feel like getting dressed before I left. I had the hospital gown on had like greasy hair back in a ponytail. So I get in the car at a red light. These two young girls were in the back of some station wagon. And I have my glasses on, didn't have the contacts in. I have the greasy hair back in a ponytail. I'm wearing a hospital gown and I got this beard, right? They look at me. They look at each other. They look back at me and they both do this. They give me a peace sign, like I'm some hippie. So you're a hippie. Yeah. I was thinking either that or that you're an escaped mental patient. <laughs> I don't know how they would have conveyed that without saying anything. They would have had to say something for that one. Yeah, this was a much funnier story than that. That's kind of off track, but let's get back to the list. Anybody come up to you and try to start a conversation by saying something like, you know, I was in a wheelchair once for like three weeks. Yes. Yes. Probably more times than I can count. You know, yep. oh, I broke my leg and I had to use the wheelchair to get around. I was in it for a week. So I know exactly okay. what you're going through. Exactly. 
no, no, you don't. <laughs> Your six weeks in a wheelchair don't equate to like 40 years that I've been in, in a wheelchair. In a weird way, these people are trying to show us respect, but they think their situation equals ours, and it doesn't. No. So it just makes them look foolish. They are trying to... They're trying to relate. Yeah. I've even had friends that have said that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. When I explained how foolish it sounded, they were like, oh, yeah, you're kind of right. I guess it doesn't equate. Well, how do you get them to see that? I explain it to them because at least with friends, I'm comfortable talking about that kind of thing mm -hmm. and explaining it to them without feeling like I'm going to offend them. It's a lot different when it's a stranger, though. Here's one that's not really offensive, but I'm sure a lot of people get it. And it was on several lists that I looked at. Can you pop a wheelie? I don't get it as much anymore, but I used to oh, all, I the time. all the time. All the time. Truth of the matter is, I used to do wheelies in school just to scare the hell out of my teachers. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> my Spanish teacher in high school, one of them at least, would freak out at the smallest thing. Like I remember I used to transfer from my wheelchair into a regular seat, and she would just freak out. From a simple transfer? Yeah. Why? she was afraid that something would happen and I'd get hurt. I think you've been hurt enough. What could that do to you that hasn't already been done? What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to fall. Yeah. I can't even count how many times I've fallen. That's so many. Yeah, you've been on the ground plenty. Just saying. I mean, just playing <laughs> basketball. Oh, God. You mean on the ground playing basketball is the least of our worries. So I think this next one goes along with the prayer stuff. I hope you get better. Last time this was said to me was when I was explaining what my podcast was. Dude was online. I was promoting it somewhere and didn't know I was in a wheelchair, but I explained that as part of the synopsis for my podcast. And this one dude said, oh, you're in a wheelchair. I hope you get better. Better than what? Right. I have nothing to compare it to. Is that include like any improvement in my lifestyle? Better in what way? Right. Do you hope I make more money? Do you hope I get a better car? Better house? Like, in what way are you hoping things get better? I have a feeling we're not being harsh enough on these, but that's okay. We're really not. We're not. But we're having a good time. Well, we're trying to be funny, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're actually trying to make lightheartedness of it. That's the idea. These are things people are really angry about. Yeah. And when we do it this way, we don't mean to make fun of those people that are really concerned by it. Because we are too. But for the most part, I don't think that conveying it that way to the people that say these things is the way to go. Right. You don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone because of how they thought they should feel about yeah. us. And that's usually why I try to be nice when someone brings something up like that, because I don't want to offend them, even though they have technically <laughs> offended me. Yeah. But a lot of it's just ignorance. Is that why you tend to let things go like this? 
or is it more like society? Oh, society, totally. Definitely. But I feel like society in general is ignorant when it comes to people with disabilities. Yeah. It just gets worse because you get those people that make things more awkward by like, you know, for example, and this is off topic a little bit, but yeah, there have been times where I'll be at like, you know, the mall or something. Mm-hmm. There'll be a kid and the kid's minding his business completely. And it's the parent that has to point it out that I'm in a wheelchair. Like it's a negative thing. Right. Well, now that kid's learned that, oh, you know, it's a negative thing to be in a wheelchair. So then they convey it when they get older. Without that interference in a way, the kid probably wouldn't think twice about it. I might ask you an innocent question. What the wheelchair is. Because kids don't know what a wheelchair is. Unless they've experienced it before. And again, this is off topic. But if you are... The first person in a wheelchair that a kid sees, it's almost like being a guinea pig because they have a finite number of ways that they can respond to it. And a lot of the time, parents will sabotage that. Yeah. And in doing so, the parents are just showing you how ignorant they are. Kids are just naturally curious. Yeah. They don't know a lot of things when they're younger, but they want to learn. But parents, instead of letting the kid learn on their own, they're telling them what they should know, which 99% of the time is usually wrong. If that's how you grow up, that's how you're going to teach your kids. Okay, this leads into the next thing on my list, which was something that seems innocent enough but it's the context that makes it a little dangerous in a way. Let me help you. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Wanting to help someone in a wheelchair do anything, whether it's physical or whatever else, you know, usually it is physical. So wanting to do that is fine if you would offer that same help to someone who wasn't in a wheelchair. Right. I was going to say, if someone would offer to help you, but not your brother, but people don't know your brother, really. (laughs) Right. But your brother is not in a wheelchair, so if people would offer to help you, but not him, there's something wrong there. It's discrimination. Yeah. And it's offensive. We're being singled out for, again, people not believing we can do anything for ourselves. I have another story. Not surprised, but go right ahead. I have stories for everything, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) I was at the grocery store. I'm getting back in my car, right? I've got everything in, and I'm personally getting in. And for people that don't know, I have an SUV, and I get in through the back, through Mm -hmm. the lift gate. Yeah. You know, I pull my chair in. And I've already got it halfway up into my car. And this guy walks over doesn't really even ask. I mean, he does, but he's asking as he's already doing his help. Mm-hmm. And he proceeds to take the chair out of the car. When you're trying to get it in. When I'm trying to get it. And I was just like, I didn't say this to him, but I'm just, you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, this guy really just do that? And this was after I told him, no, I've got this. Don't worry. I do it all the time. I'm lucky, I think, in the fact that I get asked... If I need help after the work is done, 
So I'll be pulling my chair in my car. And then once it's all the way in, that's when someone will ask, do you need help? I'm like, no, work's done already. Bye. I think that actually happens more often than not. Yeah. I've actually had someone ask me if I needed help as my lift gate is closing. Really? Yeah. Do you even bother to respond to that? I kind of shouted, no, I got it. <laughs> I don't know if they heard me. You know, because when I shouted it, it was still in the process of closing. So they may have heard me. I don't know. I don't think I would have responded to that. All right. So let me see what we got left. This one goes along with, do you need help? But it's a little more specific. Let me push you. Now, I don't really have a problem with this one. What I have a problem with are the people that push you without asking first. Same here. Yeah. I appreciate you asking. If I say no, hopefully that's the end of it. I have actually had people, though, who even though I've told them no, I've got it. I think we all have. Feel the need that they still need help. Yeah. People that just randomly will come up and start pushing you. I think that's what bugs me the most, more than anything. I think we're on the same page there, yeah. You've now invaded my personal space. I've equated it before to, without asking, someone you don't know gives you a shoulder rub. I think we actually covered this in another episode. Yeah, I think we did. We talked about it. So we move on. This one is really presumptuous, and that's... The problem I have with it. I'm sure you'll walk again. How do you respond to that when you literally never walk? (laughs) Except for maybe, you know, when I was younger, I used, you know, a walker and then I used crutches for a little while. But that doesn't apply to me. No. And it most likely doesn't apply to most of the people that they, you know, say it to. True. But that's what's bothersome about it, I think. They're assuming... They're assuming we will get better. Yeah. There was some accident or whatever. Right. But there's one attached to that that I want to bring up. This does not necessarily just apply to people in wheelchairs, but I think it applies to the one we just mentioned. You can do anything you set your mind to. These are probably the same people that think if they pray enough, we'll get out of our chairs or like are hoping we walk again. Like you can do anything you set your mind to. Really? Can I learn Chinese in five easy steps? (laughs) You're absolutely right. Technically, I can do anything I want to minus the walking. But anyone can do anything if they put the effort into it for people with disabilities that are paralyzed. That's a little different for that because there is no cure for paralysis you're not going to fix my spinal cord so i've never heard this one but it was on one of the lists at least you get great parking oh i've heard that have you oh yeah that is like the most backwards compliment i've ever heard using this as an example but it's a little off topic but kind of goes along that line with the great parking go for it there was a mall i can't remember which mall it was in virginia Mm mm-hmm I went to park, and in their parking garage, they had parking for hybrids closer to the entrance to the mall than the handicapped parking. I think you're talking about Tyson's. I think so. Pre-COVID, I went there a lot. That's one thing I noticed. The hybrid parking is closer than the handicapped parking. and Yeah, it had to be Tyson's then. Yeah. Again, that seems a little backwards to me. I'm not saying there isn't merit to having a hybrid car. But 
what you're doing is rewarding people for saving the environment, being good to the environment. And we're being penalized for no reason. For me, it's not so much that the handicapped spaces are farther away. It's that there are fewer of them. Those hybrid spots could be used as handicap park. Mm -hmm. You could have one hybrid space and they probably have like five or six of them. We're down to the last few, but here's, I think, where we get into like the more biting responses. Ooh. Okay. Looking forward. I don't think I could handle being disabled. You know what? If you have to say that you don't think you can handle being disabled, you know what I have to say to that? We know. We can tell instantly. This is something that we've lived with our entire lives. And we know right off the bat who can handle it and who can't. Not that we wish it on other people, but people that say stuff like that obviously see being disabled as some sort of death sentence. And here you and I are, we're 35 and 41 respectively. We're proving that's not true. 40, 50 years ago, it might have been a death sentence, but with medicine changing and technology changing, that's no longer the case. That is such an asinine offensive statement that if someone were to try to start a conversation that way with me or you, the conversation wouldn't happen. Oh, hell no. So, if someone says to me, I don't think I can handle being disabled, I'm not going to find out why. Because the conversation ends there. Didn't that tell you it'd be more biting? I 100% agree, and that deserves a biting response. Oh, sure. I mean, whether it's you verbally saying something that's biting, or just plain not even answering it, can be just as biting. Sometimes one of the worst things that can happen is not what people say to you or me, but I'll lump these together. If they just stare and say nothing, or they'll talk at you through someone else. I personally don't like when people get to our level to speak to us. Ooh, I forgot about that one doesn't happen often anymore but as soon as it does whenever it does my immediate thought is are you gonna pat my head too tell me i'm a good boy and then give me a treat i can shake hands but i'm already sitting so you know there are only so many tricks i can do for a treat man all of that definitely gets lumped together and it's all just as offensive probably the one exception for me at least is when the person in a wheelchair is a child you know oh sure it's different you know to get down on their level than it is for them an adult kneel just to talk to us it's different because if you're an adult and you're in a wheelchair you can't stand up and people want to get at eye level with you or whatever first of all sitting in a chair is fine if someone wants to sit down with me that's fine But if they crouch down to talk to me, it's fine if you're a kid in a wheelchair and people do that. 
if you're an adult, it makes you feel like a kid. And that's the real problem. You're not acknowledging the fact that we are adults. Like the last time this happened to me, I remember it vividly. It was when I was starting to work at the radio station that I do now. And I was actually having sort of a private business meeting with someone who in that area of Maryland was adapting cars for people with disabilities. And my task was to write a commercial for them and produce it. I didn't end up doing so because the person that owned this company apparently went to jail or something like that. Long story. I don't know every detail anyway. But yeah, that's jumping ahead because when I had a meeting with this person, the first thing they did was they crouched down and talked to me like from almost on their knees. And I'm like, get up. The sales guy that was with me, I talked to him about that. And and he was like, I was embarrassed for you that he did that. I don't know. I'm sure that's not the first time it happened, but that was the last. And that was maybe 2013 or something. That doesn't tend to happen too often. No. For the most part, people understand that it's disrespectful. I want to sort of cap this off with the more personal questions that people ask. We've gone through these before, but like, is your significant other also in a wheelchair? How do you go to the bathroom? Can you have sex? Stuff like that, right? Normally, I wouldn't go over that on this list, but here's the thing. Every time I'm asked that sort of personal kind of question... One of the things that I like to explain is that, you know, mileage may vary depending on who you are. And so I sort of end up giving this more drawn-out answer than they're expecting. Invariably, because of that, I've been interrupted while answering those questions by the people that ask them. And first of all, There was someone in my Facebook comments that said they'd be more interested in knowing what to say than knowing what not to say to someone in a wheelchair. And I don't think it so much matters what to say, but I think it does matter that you show that you're interested in our answer. So don't ask the questions if you don't really want to know the answers. I think is the bottom line for this. I agree. And when you brought up the whole, how do you go to the bathroom thing? It reminded me of that time when we were on the Falcons and we did the voter awareness thing. And we would always set up like a obstacle course. Then we'd have like a Q and a afterwards. You told this story already, but go ahead. I did. Most people usually have some pretty good questions or either that, or they'll just be really quiet and not ask anything because they don't want to embarrass themselves. Right. But this one guy, I don't know if he was trying to be funny or what, asked, well, how do you go to the bathroom? And, you know, our good friend Robert looks the guy dead in the eye and just goes, well, how do you go to the bathroom? I was asked that once when I was at a school, just speaking by myself. I used to do that when I was in high school, but... After I won the gold medal in weightlifting, there was one situation where I got paid for it. And I didn't prepare for it like I would now, you know. But I was 18 and, like, 
didn't know what I was doing. Or maybe I was 17. Right. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, some kid asked, how do you go to the bathroom? And the simplest response to that is, can't stand up, sit down for both, whatever. But at the time, I didn't know how to quickly answer it, so I kind of dodged it. And as I was kind of making my exit and the teacher was like, you know, let's thank him and all this stuff. You know how kids are at assemblies. Like everybody was talking at once. And and over everybody else, I hear this kid asking, how do you go to the bathroom? (laughs) So this was a show Greg and I had been talking about doing for a long time. And he's always welcome back on the podcast for more ideas like this. Thanks, Greg, for being on the show once again. And thank everybody for listening. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and join our Discord server. Links to those will be in the description. And until next week, this is Nate Lurie saying, you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.